Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. Happy 4th, by the way. Happy 4th, man. Happy 4th. It was a good weekend. I hope you enjoyed it with your family. I did, yeah. We had lots of stuff. I went over to Deacon Jeff's house, and he shot like $4 million worth of fireworks that somebody brought, and... Uh, we hung out with his donation box Saturday. in front yard for fireworks. No, this guy wow. didn't care. He's like, okay. I brought the show. I yeah. am the show. Is what he said. So, I think he lit up Arlington, Tennessee. They, gotcha. you know, they thought it was actually the professional fireworks show from yeah. Arlington. <laughs> don't, don't you love the guy that's still shooting fireworks at one o'clock in the morning? Oh yeah, your dogs are like just about to drop. That's you right. Know? They're so yeah, scared. it's relentless. People they yeah. wait so long and they're going to go until they blow all that yeah. money away. <laughs> that's what happens to me. I see fireworks like, and all I see is like money being lit on fire. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're beautiful, but I'm. Like, yeah, man, I'll go watch you spend your money that's rather right. than me spend it. Yeah. <laughs> so we went, we did that. We went to uh, the minor league baseball game last night on the fourth with a bunch mm-hmm. of folks and watched fireworks. It was a good weekend and just excited to be back in here and, and get another show um, going and talking about some things in the faith here. And you know, I want to start off again as we always do, just thinking uh, Covenant Eyes. You know, guys, we've talked about it for months now. You know what it is. It's the, you know, Covenant Eyes is is a program that you can download that safeguards you and your family on all your devices. It is a way to block yourself from seeking out and finding pornography. It also allows you to have an accountability partner in your life, whether that's a friend or someone else that you have that uh, can get emails whenever you might slip up and try to look at something. But also it'll notify you if your children are looking at something they shouldn't. So guys, we've talked about it for weeks. They're doing a great thing sponsoring us and they do tons of great things for men around the world each and every day and women that are struggling with pornography. So if you want to check that out, if you even think you have a problem with pornography, spend the $15 a month. You can go here and get a a free trial at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew, but it's about 15 bucks a month. I use it on our devices at home because I want to, you know, my children and what they see and then keeping myself away from these things is more important than $15 Mm -hmm. a month. You know, it really is. So if you're struggling with that, go do something about it. Download Covenant Eyes today, give the uh, 30 day free trial and see if it helps you in your life. Um, second of all, I want to talk about the store. We actually, you know, we opened up the store we talked about last week. We've had a lot of uh, shirt orders come through and car magnets and all that stuff. So all that stuff's being shipped out now this week. So thank you for the uh, people that put in the orders. All of those things, one, go to support the ministry. All that money goes right back into the ministry so we can keep doing things we're doing. But it also allows you to put on something or to have something on your car that may make somebody go, what's that? What is just a guy in the pew and listen to it? And it's a means to evangelize by, by the merchandise you're wearing, the coffee cup you're drinking out of, the magnet on your car. So it's another way that you can continue to help people maybe find something they're looking for in their life through this podcast or through other parts of the ministry. So you can go to the store on our website at justaguyinthepew.com. And then lastly, I want to tell everybody again about the narrow road. Uh, this month, our virtue is patience. And it's something I think every man struggles with Mm -hmm. in some way or another. So as we do in the narrow road, we're working every week on the different relationships of our life with, you know, patience with God. A lot of times we don't pray because we feel like we don't have the time for God, or maybe we throw a quick prayer up and we don't give him the time we need. You know, we, the second week is on patience with our wife. You know, I know we all, I know in my life, I, I need to have more patience with my wife and give her more of my time and things like that. Working on that each and every day. Then with our children, obviously there's there's many ways that our children can 
can draw on our patients that we need to learn patience with them and then also with our neighbors. So we're working on that this month. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's an amazing program that guys are really just sending in stuff all the time about saying, man, this is, this is putting me in a place of my faith. I've wanted to be, I'm doing the things I know I need to do every day, whether I feel like them or not. Right. It, I'm going through it and I'm doing the, the opportunities for grace chart every day. I'm marking what I'm doing in my faith. I'm living out this virtue and writing down how I'm living it in my life in each and every day. And I'm reading the scriptures and praying the way that I, that, that I need to be doing. And that's, you know, that's something that just makes me so happy about it because that's what we wrote that for. So if you're a guy that's looking to continue to grow in your faith, that wants to build habits, that really wants to build those building block things that, that really hold up the rest of your faith, these everyday simple things that sometimes we look over, right? We think, well, if it's not complicated or if it doesn't sound profound or super theolo- you know, theological, then uh, it's not worth my time. But if we forget to do the things every day, praying, reading, trying to live virtue in our life, you know, meeting God in the gospels, living for others, then then we're not going to have a great foundation for our faith to stand on. So this is something that will help you do that. You can sign up for The Narrow Road by going to justaguyinthepew.com. It's $25 a month. That covers the book that you're going to get to your front door. Um, each and every month, it's going to cover the shipping. And then also, you're going to get all kind of other stuff along with it. You're going to get extra episodes of the podcast, deeper dives. You're going to get interviews uh, that other people don't with some of the people like Krista Fanick and Peter, Dr. Peter Craved and other people we interview. And then you're also going to get, you know, prime spot for any retreats or any other courses or anything like that we do online. So the main thing there is the narrow road in that community, but you're walking with other brothers in that community. And then you get so much more than just that book every month. So guys, you know, sign up for that today. And, and if you're looking for to change your life in a way that's continual, something that's not just a one-time thing, but you're doing every month in your life, I think the narrow road's for you. So again, you can sign up at just a guy on the pew.com. You know, Victor, as I was saying that, you know, I said something about doing these things, whether you feel like it or not, right? And that's really what our faith is about, is is living our faith each and every day, whether we feel like it or not. And so over the weekend, I was thinking about this a little bit, and I've had several guys write in and say, John, like, how do I do the faith? Like, how do I continue to live the faith and do the things I need to do when I don't feel like it? Because a lot of times I don't feel like it. I have bad days, or I'm just worn out, or I'm working two or three jobs, and just all this stuff is weighing on my life. How do I continue to live in the faith when when I don't feel like it? And, you know, Victor, you and I both spend a lot of time inviting men from our parish and from around the diocese to our men's group. And, you know, every week you get guys going, well, I just, I got something else going on. Or, man, I just don't feel like coming. Or, you know, I've had a rough day and I don't feel like being there. Or mm-hmm. whatever it is. But it always seems to relate to feelings, right? And so guys don't go. And the, the more and more that we allow um, our feelings to govern our life uh, and our faith, that is, our faith, then the further we find ourselves away from God. Because more often than not, it's easier to feel like, you know, I'm tired. I just want to throw on Netflix or I just want to have a beer or I just want to turn on the game or do something else than what I know I need to be doing. And it leaves us in a bad place. I mean, far too often the level in which we engage with our faith is governed by those feelings. And you know, when we let our, our faith become about our feelings, there's a danger in that. We seem to find ourselves further away from God, which leaves us open to the devil, and it makes it harder and harder to come back, right? Good habits are hard to start, but they're even harder to get back into once you've left. Right. Well, we talked about this in other shows where feeling is just temporal, meaning they don't exist for a long period of time. Because as being humans, guess what? We're very fickle in what we want. So our, our desires, our needs change constantly. 
So same thing for like, for instance, people who are in addiction, you know, like you, mm-hmm. we talked about this before, is that they, they chase that high, but guess what? That high goes away. Yeah. And it's not just the drugs or alcohol, but it could be like in, in relationships, people who can't, you know, are moving from relationship to relationship because they're addicted to that love, that initial infatuation. And then all of a sudden they find out that love kind of changes a little bit. It's there, mm-hmm. it changes, but then they have to be vulnerable and they have to learn what trust is. Yeah, and I think for the people who are in long marriages like us, you know, I mean, blessed as we are, we 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 love our wives, our spouse loves us, but we have that whole new level of trust and and belief in each other, and yeah. that's kind of what we need to be towards faith of of God. You know, is that yes, that initial kind of like yes, you know, I'm 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 I love being who I, a Christian. I love doing this because it's new. Right? Yeah, sure. But then when you get to that point where stress happens and you go, man, I've been praying about this. How come I haven't gotten a job or where we're really struggling financially and I've, I've done well, I've, I've donated 10%, whatever. And guess what? There's, there's that little creeping of impatience and disappointment that comes into your mind. And guess what you just said, we create a separation barrier for God for a little moment, even though we don't know we're doing it, we're doing it. Sure. And you know, even a little crack, like if you, right. if you take a chainsaw and you start to cut into a tree and then a lot of times lumberjacks will take these big wedges, right? And just start mm-hmm. nailing it in the tree, which is going to finish cutting that tree to fall where they right. want it to fall, Split right? The so timber, yeah. it's splitting yeah. it. And that's what the devil does. He sees that crack and he starts to put a wedge in there and he starts to say, yeah, you don't feel like it. Like, look, you earn the time off, right? If you do that, you're giving your time to something else. You've been giving your time to people all day long. Just sit down, crack a beer, pour a drink, Watch the game you want. Just veg out and forget about right. all that. You don't stuff. need you can, to invest in anything. Right. You can, you can yeah. pray tomorrow. Right. You can go to adoration next week. You can. So you didn't go to daily mass this week. You'll get back on it next mm-hmm. week. But we all know where that leads. You start getting into bad habits as quickly as you got into good habits. And you said something there too about the feeling. Right. It's never enough. Yeah. So a lot of times we go to conferences or things like that. And we have these highs. And then when we're trying to do the things that we've talked about at those conferences or spiritual retreats or events then we find that that feeling isn't there the way it was, right? It was just in that moment. And we start to search for that feeling. Well, if I do this, will I feel that way again? If I if I listen to this song, will it elicit this feeling in me? Or if I pray this way, just the way I did that one time, am I going to feel that? And the thing is, our faith isn't about that. It isn't about how we feel in the moment. It's about making a decision in our life to love Christ no matter what and to live for him in the, in the easy and difficult times. Because it's just like an addict, mm-hmm. like you said, speaking from from experience, you know, of my own experiences, it was never enough. You know, you start off doing this much cocaine one night and it feels great. And then you think, well, I'll just do the same amount. And for maybe a week or two, you can, but then it's like, no, I need more. I need more. I need more because I don't feel the same way I did anymore. And that's how you find your way into an addiction. Well, we can be addicted to our feelings too. And then we're, we're governed by, and we're steered by, if you will, the utter of our feelings, you know, the, 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 the direction of our feelings. And the danger in that is that more often than not, we don't feel like praying. We don't feel like reading scripture. We don't feel like going to adoration after everything else we've done in our life that day or that week or that month. And we would rather do other things that might seem more enjoyable or less um, taxing on us to be a part of where we can mm-hmm. just be somewhere without without actually you know having to put a lot of effort into participating. But the thing is, it's not just all about our feelings. It's about action and relationship. You know, there's going to be times in life where we're praying and we don't feel God. There's going to be times in our life where we're reading Scripture and we're going, okay, I don't hear anything. Or, you know, we go to adoration for a week and we don't feel anything different than we than if we're sitting somewhere else. But the thing is, um, you know, we still have to act anyway. 
you know, we read in the gospel yesterday, or not in the gospel, excuse me, the second reading and the Sunday readings of St. Paul. And it's a, it's, a, it's a verse that I've used to talk about vulnerability a lot of times on the show and also in the talks that I give when I'm out places giving talks. But it, it hit me in a different light yesterday, and it's from uh, the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. It's uh, chapter 12, 7 through 10. And it starts off by saying, Brothers and sisters, that I, Paul, may not become too elated because of the abundance of the revelations a thorn in the flesh was given to me and an angel of Satan to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I would rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses in order that the power of Christ may dwell within me. And of course, we know it goes on to say, I'll be content with my weaknesses and insults and hardships. But the first part of that, I mean, here's Paul saying, God gave me this thorn that I may not become too elated. Right, like we were talking about earlier, we had this great experience at a conference or whatever, and we're on fire for the Lord. And we kind of expect to live in that all the time for the rest of our life. And when we do, it becomes easy for us, right? Everything's sunshine and rainbows, everything's great. But a lot of times that's also when we slip, right? Because things are well and we quit practicing the things that we need to practice. Well, my life's great right now and I've been feeling God when I pray and when I go to mass. And we find ourselves stopping some of those things because of the feeling that we have mm-hmm. that, that we think it's always going to be there here paul's saying sort of that same thing you know that i may not become too elated because of the abundance of the revelations right because of what the grace that god's bestowing upon me a thorn in the flesh was given to me an angel of satan to beat me to keep me from being too elated and so what does he do he asks god he says please take this away from me three times right i don't i don't want this i want that right. feeling back I, I keep struggling i, I right. don't want to struggle anymore with this right yeah. and so what did god do he said no like you need this in your life mm-hmm. life isn't all about sunshine and rainbows i'm I, i'm going to always be with you but there's times in our lives where god wants to see what we're going to do on our own right when when okay this is who you are when it's easy when i'm pouring everything out about uh, you know upon you but what about the times when you can't feel me? Mm-hmm. What are you going to be like when it's not so easy to follow me? Because that's what makes a true disciple. And so Paul, you know, he he found that. You know, he didn't feel at the time like having that thorn. He's like, Jesus is getting tough. I don't, I don't want this anymore. Give me the good stuff back, right? We see it with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus didn't feel, I guarantee you, at that moment when he was crying and he was asking God to, to let this cup pass from him, he did not feel emotionally like he wanted to go do this right he didn't feel like dying for us and being tortured and crucified but he did it because god asked him to because it was his father's will you know a man that feels like yeah god sure i'll go take all of this doesn't say let this pass from me Mm -hmm. now i'm not trying to be heretical or to sound like jesus didn't love us enough to do that that's not what i'm saying i'm just talking about as far as feelings i guarantee you if you ask jesus in that moment do you feel like all this that you're about to do he'd probably go no i don't and I'm hoping that my Father in heaven gives me the strength to do this anyway, right? And so he did. God gave him that strength to go on and finish that 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 job for us, that that task that he'd given us in his life. Um, same thing with Paul later on again, besides the thorn. You know, there's periods in Paul's life where he was beaten, shipwrecked. I mean, he eventually was beheaded. He was, you know, thrown out of a city in a basket. I mean, all kind of things happened to him. And I'm sure he didn't feel like having any of that happen to him, Right. I don't think he woke up any day and said, man, I really hope somebody takes a rod and beats the stew out of me today. You know, I hope that I get shipwrecked again, you know? He didn't. He just knew that no matter how I feel, I have to take action in my faith. God has given me something. God has called me to something greater. And I have to answer that with action, whether I feel like it or not. And that's the same mentality that we have to have in our lives 
today as Christian and Catholic men is to go and live our faith no matter how we feel. Well, you know, um, I, I digress as I usually do. Here, sure, you're smiling. While so you were, coming I know. <laughs> while you were talking, I had a flashback of me being uh, probably probably nine years old or ten years old. I had this cowboy helmet. Okay, mm-hmm. it wasn't cowboy. Had a helmet. I had a helmet. Oh, like, like a football, football helmet. helmet. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. But anyways, I was like, so for some reason, I we it was Sunday school, and I said, "What stoning? What does that feel like?" You know. So I was like, "Well, I'll, I'll wear a helmet." This is how brilliant I was. Okay. So I go, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a football helmet on, on like a, throw a, like a chunk of concrete up and I'll, you know, it'll hit me on the head and I'll be okay. Well, guess what? It didn't hit me on the head, it hit me on the shoulder. So yeah. like a like gaping, you know, gash, you know, my dad's like, what, what the heck you do? He's like, well, I was experimenting what it felt like to be stoned. He's like, what do you mean stoned? I'm being thrown, like, like Paul being rock stoned. He goes, I could have told you that's going to hurt, you know? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, that's the thing is that, that, that we've, we kind of move past that. Like he was bones are broken like bruised yeah. up i mean concussions i mean he was really in a in a sad heap of like existence of pain and suffering sure. and and he almost people thought he was dead at one time you know yeah. because he wasn't moving but <laughs> i mean just the thing is all the things that a man who was called by god to do for us and to spread the gospel still suffered you yeah. know still had to do all these things that was required of of him to like really like bring people to know who God is and Christ right. is, you know. But so often we can say, "Well, I, I just haven't felt God, right? I've been praying and I don't feel Him, and I'm just, I just want to, like, I just want to give up because I don't feel Him anymore, and I don't know what I've done and all this stuff." Think how Paul felt, like you're saying, when he's yeah. laying there almost dead, yeah, you know, and he must have been going, "Like God, I just, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Like I get attacked, I get beaten, I get all of these things." Uh, he probably had some sort of inkling that his life was going to end in a, in martyrdom at some point, right? right? And, and we look at all these martyrs and all these people <clears throat> that have gone before St. Maximilian Colby. I mean, I doubt that he really looked forward to being put in that gas chamber, right? He, he did it to take the place of that of that father and a child. But, I mean, he did it because God willed it, right? He knew God's will in his life to give his life for another, to lay down his life. And and because he was in a, in an in, in, uh, campment there instead of in a parish or in a, in a church the way he would normally be laying down his life, he had this opportunity to physically and literally give his life mm-hmm. so that another man may live. And I guarantee you he didn't feel like that. He was probably scared and all these other things, but he did it because God willed it, because it was more important to do God's will than how he felt. Right. And that's the point of what we're talking about here is that that action is about is about God's will, not our feelings, right? If we always depend on our feelings and we're never going to do what we need to be doing because we're governed by them and our devil lives the devil lives in those feelings right he can sit there and manipulate all of that so it's not about how i feel in the moment it's about what i know i need to do and so that action should be should be fueled by relationship that's what i'm saying it's action and relationship we take action even when we don't feel about like it because we love jesus Right, because we've met the risen Lord, because He's made an impact and changed our life, and because of that, we want to do what He asks of us. So, I mean, think about that relationship and action in our lives. It has nothing to do with feelings. Look at your everyday life. You may not feel like going and cleaning the room that Christy asked you to, but you do because you love her. Mm-hmm. You may not feel like going and and watching your kids do something you have absolutely no interest in, but you do it because you love them. Right? We do it every day in the other relationships of our life. We don't go, most people don't feel like going to work every day, but they do it because they need to take care of their family monetarily. So they get up and they do it anyway. They take action whether they feel like it or not. 
And that's what we're talking about here is why can we do that so often with so many other things, but we don't with our faith. And it leads us to say either you, if you are doing these things, even when they're hard, you have a good relationship with Christ mm-hmm. most likely. If you're not, it sort of points to the fact that you you need to work on that relationship with Jesus because that's what should drive us to action is wanting to do what he's asked of us because of what he's done for us, right? Because he loves us and we know that in our heart. So, you know, you look at it again, that relationship, Jesus went to the cross because he loved the father, right? He said, I must do what he asked of me. The world must know that I love the father and I do everything he commands me. He loved God so much that he gave his life for us because he asked him to. Also because he loved us, but the God asked him when he said, can I get out of this? God said, no, I need you to do this. Right When Paul said, Lord, take this thorn away from my side, he said, no, Paul, I need you to have that. And what happened? He did it because he loved God, because of what that revelation on the road to Damascus where he met Jesus. And he said, I've met the risen Lord. I love him. I'm going to give the rest of my life to him. So even though this hurts, even though I want it taken away, I'll leave it here because he wants it. It's his will. So that's where we are. And a lot of times... You know, we, we find ourselves, if you're looking at Ignatian spirituality, these times that we're talking about where we don't feel like it are times of desolation, you know, and we think, well, I'm being punished or, or something like that. But, you know, oftentimes we're put in desolation to purify things within us so that we can grow further in our relationship with God. This is about God seeing what we will do when it isn't easy to right. feel, feel him, right? When it isn't all sunshine and rainbows. It's will we stay the course of what we, he's asked us to do and be the disciples that we're supposed to be. Or will we give in to our feelings? And so what oftentimes what it also does in desolation is it brings us to greater reliance on God instead of on ourselves. You know, when we're when we're looking at our feelings, that's really self-reliance on ourselves. Do I feel like this? If I don't feel like it, then I won't. It, we that desolation helps us to realize that a lot of times God is doing more within us in those in those hard times than he ever is in times of consolation. Right, a priest told me that at confession the other day. I was complaining about how I was in one of these times. He said, "John, you should be happy to be in desolation." I was like, "I don't want. I don't feel mm-hmm. like that. I don't want to feel like that. I want to be out of this. I want that like holding hands with Jesus and skipping through the tulips feeling, right?" And he's like, "John, you should be be gracious because God is doing a great work in you right now, and that's why you feel this way. Is that he's he's eliciting something in you, some sort of change or some sort of development, or he's pointing to something to you in your life that he wants your attention on, and that's why it's hard right now because he wants you to grow in a certain way. So we should be just grateful for a lot of this. I know it sounds funny, but we should be grateful for those times when we don't feel like doing it because it's an open invitation from God to love him further, to grow in our love of him, and to, to show that in our actions. Well, I mean, you're going back to what you were saying about, you know, um, the sense of growing in desolation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've all, we really look at our, our journey of faith. We all know that there is some kind of traumatic experience that may have happened where a loss of a spouse, loss of a child, or whatever, or and that's major, but it could be minor things as well. But the thing is, is that even in the midst of that pain and even in the midst of that probably grief, we kind of find ourselves more connected to our faith because we we, we desire to know more about why did this happen, mm-hmm. right? It's okay for us to question, but it also allows us to get more closer to the sense of, you know, being with other people. So getting support from other people. Sure. People come into you and say, what can I do? What can I help you out? To where you're not isolated. People bring you back in. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of those things where, where desolation is great, but consolation is kind of like you kind of stop and smell the roses. 
but you don't journey. You just kind of sit there and look around. But desolation, you grow. Sure. And, and of course, we're supposed to pray again to get out of desolation, yeah. to get into consolation. And that's what I want to kind of talk about now is these how-tos. You know, if you're somebody out there now that says, like, I'm in that place where I don't feel like doing anything in my faith. I feel like when I do stuff, nothing changes or whatever your reason may be. You know, first of all, don't feel um, like like you need to um, don't feel like you're doing things because you need to feel him. Take it to him all in prayer. Like basically go to God and say, look, be honest with him. I don't feel you right now and I don't like this feeling and it's hard. And I find myself not wanting to do the things I know I need to do. Come into that with me. Talk to him about what you're going through and ask him to show you what he's trying to work in you. Lord, what is this for? Right? Don't look at it as a punishment, but what are you what are you doing in my life right now? Second of all, pray to be brought the you know the grace you need to push through the lack of feeling. You know, ask him for that grace. That's that self-reliance on God, right? Not self-reliance, but that reliance on God. Is Lord, I know that I'm not going to get through this on my own. I need your grace. Show me what it is that you want me to work on. Give me your grace so that I can come out of this better for you, a better disciple that's living in action, not in feelings. And then flip the script. Look at it as a positive. It's an opportunity to take the next step in your relationship with God. It's not a punishment. You're not being cast out from God. God is always there with you, whether it feels like it or not. He never leaves us. So if you remember that, look at this as a positive, as an opportunity to say, Lord, whatever it is, I know you're going to do something great in me, and I'm willing to take this lack of feeling or this feeling that that I don't like and, 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 and hold it and use it and do what I'm supposed to do because I know I'm going to come out on the other side closer to you. And then look at it as an invitation to become more trusting and reliant on him. And guys, you know, if you're... If you're struggling with this, if you're struggling to keep up the habits that you know you need to have in your life because of these feelings, then seriously look at the narrow road. This will help you grow in your relationship with Jesus, and it'll help you build these habits that keep you on track even when you may not feel like it, right? There's days where I don't feel like doing the narrow road. Some of you may get it you know, every month and say, two or three days, I don't feel like doing it. But it's those very things that we're doing, that narrow road journey that we're on together that will help us get through these feelings, right? It's that continual you know what? I, I know I don't feel like practice as we've talked about before. I know I don't feel like doing these things, but I know when I do my life is better. I'm closer to Jesus, even if I don't feel it. And so that's the thing. The devil wants you to abandon all those habits. He wants you to stop all the things that you're doing that bring you closer to Jesus. So that's why it's important to do things like the narrow road to stay there. And again, you can go to just a guy in the pew.com to sign up for it there. But all right, guys, look, I hear that music. Being a disciple isn't about how we feel. It's about putting God's will first, no matter what. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, oftentimes we can find ourselves avoiding the things that help us grow in the faith because of the way we feel at a given moment. When we allow our faith to be governed by our feelings, we can find ourselves further away from you. Help us to remember that our faith isn't about feelings, but is about action that flows from our relationship with you. And Father, whenever we don't feel like doing what you have asked of us, remind us that being a disciple means doing your will, no matter how we feel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.